Hey friend, are you searching for a podcast that partners faith and entrepreneurship? A toolkit of tactical how-tos to start or grow your online business God's way? Hop over and check out The Stephanie Gass Show, a top 0.5% podcast for women who are ready to create impact and income without sacrificing family or their faith. Listen in to over 500 episodes on biblical business training, clarity on your niche, podcasting, monetizing, and so much more. That's S-T-E-F-A-N-I-E-G-A-S-S, The Stephanie Gass Show. I pray it blesses you. Good morning, my friend. Listen, no matter what you've been through, and maybe you did Mind Change March and Action April and all that with them, maybe you're squared away, and it's so good for you, and you're all squared away. If so, this episode may not feel super relevant to you, but share it with somebody who it is relevant for, or the next time you're having a hard time, use it at that time. But today we're going to talk about what's going on if you're feeling like things are tough, if you're having a hard time feeling good, if you're stressed out, strung out, if you're hurting, if you're worried, if the year's been kind of hard on you, if you just feel like you need a new path forward, that's what we're going to talk about today. Don't leave a bit of what God has planned for us this year on the field. After all, he says he's got all the days of our lives planned out before one of them comes to pass. And that means that these months are made for you for a purpose. And Psalm 139, 16 says that all the days of your life are written in God's book before one of them comes to pass. So let's don't waste any of them and let's don't leave them on the field. And it might feel like this year has been really hard, especially after all we went through in 2020. But I'm just going to put it out there. When you're having a hard time, friend, there is a solid path to feeling better. And that's the ground we're going to cover today. You know, there's a lot of tough things happening right now, friend. Not to worry, though. We're going to learn how to feel better no matter what we're going through. We're going to learn how to feel better, finish strong, finish this year, not leave anything on the field. And as always, friend, we're going to start today. Hey, are you ready to change your life? If the answer is yes, there's only one rule. You have to change your mind first. And my friend, there's a place where the neuroscience of how your mind works smashes together with faith and everything starts to make sense. That place is called self-brain surgery. You can learn it and it will help you become healthier, feel better, and be happier. And the good news is you can start today. Thanks, Lisa. Hey, so glad to have you listening today. I'm Dr. Lee Warren, and I live in Nebraska in the United States of America with my incredible wife, Lisa, my father-in-law, Tata, and the super pups, Harvey and Lewis. I'm a neurosurgeon and an author, and I'm here to help you harness neuroscience, the power of your brain, faith, the power of your spirit, and good old common sense to help you lead a healthier, better, happier life. Listen, friend, you can't change your life until you change your mind, and I'm here to help you learn the art of self-brain surgery. To get it done, you can get the show notes and more at drleewarren.podbean.com. That's drleewarren.podbean.com, and if you like the show... Please subscribe so you never miss an episode and tell your friends about it. If you tell two or three friends this podcast was helpful to you, imagine how much good we can all do around the world together. I'm Dr. Lee Warren, and I'm here to help you change your mind so you can change your life. Let's get after it. All right, now, forgive me up front if I'm a little preachy today. Forgive me for extending these thoughts, but I'm, as always, trying to help. And I recognize it's a lot easier to tell somebody else how they can feel better than it is for somebody to actually feel better. Now, I got a lot of uh, emails last week, my newsletter. I was pretty vulnerable, and I shared with you that Lisa and I have been going through some stuff with some some people in our world that we've had to deal with, and we had some kind of shocking 
things that, that felt pretty hard in the last few weeks. And I was sharing that in my in my letter, and I got a lot of wonderful, kind uh, people saying they're praying for us and they're you know concerned and they're with us and all of that. So I'm just telling you that we, we go through things too. So just because I'm the guy behind the microphone here, don't think I'm just telling you something that I'm not willing to try to go through myself because I need it. This is always, first and foremost, stuff that I'm dealing with in my own life that we're talking about here. So I know it's easier to tell somebody else how to feel better than it is to actually feel better. The ancient Greek philosopher Talus was once asked, hey, what's the most difficult thing? And he replied, to know yourself. And then they asked him, well, what's the easiest thing? And he answered, to give advice. <laughs> so yeah, it's a lot easier to give somebody else advice than it is to know yourself. So the answer to feeling better is to know yourself. If you know how you're wired, if you know the buttons that can be pushed to make you feel bad and actually study your own responses to those things, then you can strategically and tactically prepare in advance for how you will act the next time those buttons are pushed and those feelings appear. You see, from a neurochemistry point of view, friend, we're all wired differently. Each of us is put together fearfully and wonderfully, God says, in a specific way that produces the emotions, feelings, and moods that you're used to feeling. And what you think is normal, you are made that way by God. You can't change those basic baseline aspects of your own neuroanatomy. You can't, but you're also not slaves to them. You see, neurochemistry produces the way you feel, but feelings aren't always facts. It's true that you can't control having a feeling. For my Christian friends out there, I would like to strongly encourage you to realize that having a feeling is not a faith problem. It is a chemical issue. It's a neurochemical event. A feeling is a chemical event. It is not a sin to have a feeling. Feeling sad doesn't mean that you're unfaithful. It doesn't mean that you're falling away. The faith problem comes when you start to believe that you can never change those feelings or when you start to believe that they're true and you have to act on them. That can be a faith problem. And here's how you can change them. Number one, know yourself. If you know ahead of time that every certain every time a certain thing happens, somebody overlooks you, for example, somebody cuts you off in traffic, somebody is mean to you, somebody sends an email or a text that you don't like. If you know ahead of time that when that thing happens, you're going to feel a certain set of emotions, then prepare for that by telling yourself to watch out for those feelings. The negative feelings can lead to a host of automatic thoughts. So what happens is you feel a certain thing and that triggers a set of thoughts that you've trained yourself or your brain automatically wired to say these things back in response to those thoughts. And Daniel Amen, my friend, says that he calls them ants, automatic negative thoughts. And we build all these synapses because remember neurons that fire together, wire together. So if you've got a history of feeling a certain thing and then listening to a whole bunch of negative thoughts, and you're gonna, those are going to become easier for you to fall into over time. So these thoughts can lead us down a path of negative self-labeling talk like I never or I can't or I'm not able or I will never be able to or I'm stupid or I'll always be. Those kinds of negative thought synapses patterns, those little packets of thinking that become automatic over time can lead us down this path of becoming extremely negative to, towards ourselves. And the path away from that problem is to perform what I call the bad thought biopsy. So that means you, you st- just like if I see a tumor on a scan of somebody's body and I'm worried about what it is and I need to know what the deal is with it, I put a needle in it and I get a piece of it so the pathologist can look at it and tell me what it is. And when I have a thought that I don't understand or I have a thought that feels big and huge and I have a feeling that feels true, I need to biopsy it and critically look at it for a second before I decide how to act on it. Because often, in fact, I would say almost 
almost always the first negative thought that you have, the automatic one, is usually not true. And the problem is we spend so much of our time failing to think about our thinking that we can't realize that we're letting our feelings and our chemical events lead us down paths that we ought not to be going down. So the path away from that automatic negative problem is to put that little gap, that bad thought biopsy gap. Hey friend, are you searching for a podcast that partners faith and entrepreneurship? A toolkit of tactical how-tos to start or grow your online business God's way? Hop over and check out The Stephanie Gash Show, a top 0.5% podcast for women who are ready to create impact and income without sacrificing family or their faith. Listen in to over 500 episodes on biblical business training, clarity on your niche, podcasting, monetizing, and so much more. That's S-T-E-F-A-N-I-E-G-A-S-S, The Stephanie Gass Show. I pray it blesses you. Into your brain and into your life, and it'll start feeling better. Now, the second one is know that the feeling, as I said before, the feeling is not the fact. My old psychiatry professor used to say, feelings are not facts and fantasies are not acts. So he would say, stop worrying so much about the feeling that you have. Stop fantasizing about things that, that you'll then prophesy and turn them into truths and conversations and things that you'll say and preparing for the worst and all those things. You don't have to let them become realities. You can change them just because you feel sad. And in the past, you've develop this pattern of letting those sad feelings lead you down a thought process that ends with you deciding that there must be something wrong with you or you'll never be okay or wherever those feelings lead you doesn't make it true it's a feeling feelings are not facts now it's true that thoughts become things i've heard uh, i saw a t-shirt i can't remember where but a a t-shirt that just said thoughts become things and it's true if you think about something you can bring it into reality but you don't have to because feelings are not facts. And remember, the third one, emotion follows motion. If you want to feel better, do something. Move. Take action. If you want to feel better, do better. Feelings are real. They are, they are feelings. But they don't have power to create reality for you unless you allow them to. Now, from a neuroscience point of view, you can literally change your own brain's response to feelings by thinking about something more positive. And as I said before, neurons that fire together, wire together. The more you think about something positive, the more, for example, you practice the idea of, oh, I've got this feeling, but it's really not a real thing. I don't have to let it become that reality. I'm going to change it to something positive. I'm going to take control of this situation. I'm going to think more light into it. I'm going to put some better scripture around it. I'm going to give myself some guardrails in my brain before I react and turn a thought into a thing. If you, if you start doing that, you'll start wiring those positive things, and it will become more and more and more natural over time. Juliana Kelly, one of our listeners, said, I thought that my thought Thoughts just happened to me, but they don't just happen to you. We let them happen over time. We, we, we either give in to the automatic negative. Remember I told you before, negative is natural, but spiritual is positive. Positive is spiritual. Negative is natural. Positive is spiritual. You've got to make that positive connection because the natural one is automatically there. And why is it automatically there? We've covered that ground before. But negative things wire into your brain five times more powerfully than positive ones do. For your own good, when you're a baby and the first time you touch a hot stove, you make a very strong synapse that tells your brain not to let your hand touch that hot stove because it's going to hurt, right? It's very powerful. You don't want to have to touch it five times before you finally realize that you ought not to touch that hot stove. 
stove. You make a synapse that creates a very powerful memory that's tied to emotion and tied to chemical events that make you feel pain. And the problem is we only have a, a narrow palette of emotional feelings right? Sadness, happiness, anger, anxiety, peace, joy, all those are very narrow palate. And the brain isn't diverse enough in its chemical environment to create separate emotions for all of those things. So what happens then is when you touch something hot and it burns your hand, that painful feeling is very similar to the neurochemical event that happens when somebody breaks your heart. So you have all throughout your life, you have this jumble of things that feel similar because they hurt and they cause physical pain. And some of them are realities like a hot stove and some of them are emotional things like somebody sending you a mean tweet, right? So you got to learn how to diversify your own brain and create those positive synapses and thought processes that say, okay, that's a feeling. That's a feeling that was triggered by this event. I don't have to react to that and turn it into a real thing in my life. And a good path out of that is by just simply doing something better, moving, taking action, moving away from it, biopsying the thought, creating a new pattern of thought in your brain and creating a different reality than your baseline feeling and your emotional past history has allowed you to have. You can literally change your brain's response to feelings by thinking about something more positive, which is exactly why God told us in Philippians chapter 4 to think on these things, to dwell on those things. Go back and listen to John Stonge's episode about dwell on these things. Changing the the palette of things you choose to think about before you encounter hard things will literally change the blood flow patterns in different parts of your brain. It will literally make different parts of your brain behave and perform better, and you will start feeling better. So here's Philippians 4, 8. Finally, brothers and sisters, fill your minds with beauty and truth. Meditate on what is honorable, right, pure, lovely, good, virtuous, and praiseworthy. Think on these things. Dwell on these things. So if you put those good things in your head, you'll have some of that spiritual positivity to replace some of that negative, natural stuff that's in there. What, what you think about, what you allow yourself to think about, changes your brain chemistry and your reality. Thoughts become things. Changing your thinking can change your heart rate your blood pressure, your hormonal balance, everything. Emotion follows emotion, emotion follows motion. And if you want to feel better, change what you say to yourself, what you let yourself think about and watch your dopamine and serotonin levels change. They will. It's been proven by fMRI. What you think about changes how your brain works. Number four, remember that you were made the way you are on purpose. You were fearfully and wonderfully made. And if you've got a, sort of a negative bent in your emotional state, I'm going to blow your mind with, some, with an idea right here. It's not wrong for you to be made that way. You were made that way on purpose god said it was very good how you were made and take this idea if you believe that god made you in his image and that we're fearfully and wonderfully made then we need to recognize that our baseline neurochemistry was put there by design in other words how you feel was a gift given to you by god to help you in your life and to help you help others and glorify him now it might sound weird you might say why would god make me to feel sad or overlooked or anxious or whatever feeling your own blank the answer is this you're here to make a difference, to shine a light in the darkness and to help others. And if you're a real, if somebody's really sad or really depressed or really having a hard time, sometimes the worst person to help them is a super cheery person. Sometimes another person who's kind of bent towards that negative side of emotional state needs to come alongside and say, Hey, you know, I've really struggled with depression in my life too. And here's how I found a way to help. Here's how I let God speak into that. That You can use that power to be empathetic but also credible with other people who have the same type of bend that you do. 
So however you're wired should give you insight and empathy when you're dealing with other people who are wired the same way. Remember, our goal here is to help other people find the path, to help other people find the light. And so if you're if you're bent and wired a certain way by God and you're fearfully, wonderfully made in his image with that set of neurochemical realities, use them for other people's benefit. And guess what? You'll find yourself getting better too. You're here to make a difference, even with your neurochemistry. Imagine if... Instead of wallowing in our own misery every time we're depressed, instead, no, no, let me take an aside here for a second. Chemical depression is a real thing, and serious anxiety and mood disorders and depression, those are real things. And if you're struggling and you're having trouble and you're not managing it well, if it's, if it's overwhelming you, go see a doctor, go see a therapist. Sometimes you need help medically. Sometimes there's a thyroid problem that's creating a chemical problem. You need help medically. So if you're struggling with depression or anxiety or mood disorders or any of that, don't don't just try to use these techniques I'm giving you. If you need help, go see a doctor. I'm, I'm not your doctor here. I'm a doctor, but not your doctor in that. If you're feeling suicidal, if you're having thoughts of harming yourself, if you're struggling and you just aren't getting better, go see a doctor. Make sure you don't need some professional help, okay? But that being said, all of us have these emotional dips and valleys, right? All of us do. And I'm talking about what to do on a day-to-day basis to make things a little better. I'm not talking about what you need to do when you're really in a bind. You need to go see a doctor, okay, or a therapist or somebody professional to help you. But if if instead of just on a day-to-day basis, instead of wallowing in our own situation every time we feel a negative emotion, instead of that, if we use the bad thought biopsy technique and these ant-killing techniques to feel better, if we find an emotion to focus on by creating motion in our lives, and then we shared our success at personal development with other people, people that had the same emotional bend that we do what if we did that for a while how would it change the needle how would it move the the gauge on how we're doing emotionally it would help right the purpose of your life friend is to honor god and to help others see him more clearly that's it that's the purpose of your life and he made you specifically to do that by assembling you emotionally and physically according to his perfect plan for you so stop beating yourself up about the baseline you were made that way the difference is what you do with it, with the gift of your life and how your brain, how your brain was formed. God says, here is how you are. What are you going to do with that to honor me? And that means your emotional reactions are not wrong. They just need to be recognized and managed to help you feel better and be more successful in achieving your purpose. Number five, when your what isn't working for you. You need to know your why. And sometimes we get bogged down in our routine and how things have always been or by frustration that it feels like we can't ever make a difference. And when, when whatever you're doing isn't making you feel better, take some time to explore why you're doing that thing. Sometimes I find myself in a rut. I get tired of working all the time. I can't remember what made me ever want to go to medical school in the first place or start writing or start podcasting. Sometimes I'm frustrated and overwhelmed and stressed out, and I just can't even remember why I'm doing any of this. But if I take a second to take a breath and say, hey, wait, why am I doing all this? It comes back to me. Here it is. I practice neurosurgery to help people see light in their darkest hours, to relieve them of their pain, to give them hope again. And I write to help myself and other people explore and understand how they're wired so we can all become healthier, feel better, and be happier. Those are the two things I do, and that's why I do them. And when I re- remember, when I take a moment to think about why I do those things, 
that's when I began to understand the what of how I'm doing those things and how it matters. And I start feeling better. If you feel stuck, frustrated, unsure of your next move, then figure out your why and your what will feel better and be more clear. And I can't say that better than Simon Sinek did in his amazing book, Start With Why. You should read that if you want to talk more about these kind of things, about why we do the things that we do. I highly recommend it. Start With Why by Simon Sinek. I'll put a link in the show notes. Do you want to feel better? Do you want to become healthier and be happier in your mind, body, spirit, work, and relationships? If so, here's the path forward. This is it. Emotion follows motion. You got to start moving. We're not going to leave one moment of the rest of this year on the field. We're going to square it away. We're going to get after it and go into this fourth quarter as hard as we can. And sometimes that means resting, right? If you're overwhelmed, sometimes you need to stop and say no for a while and be still, God says, and let him minister to you there. And that is a work, and it's a powerful one that can change your life too. So I'm not saying press the gas and go forward even if you're tired. I'm saying figure out where your your headspace needs to be for the rest of this year and let God speak into it and get after it, my friend, and start today. Hey, thanks for listening. The Dr. Lee Warren Podcast is listener-supported. Check out patron.podbean.com slash Dr. Lee Warren. That's patron podbean.com slash Dr. Lee Warren patrons and partners get free books, transcripts, special patron only episodes and more. And partners like you allow us to stay ad free and keep growing. Please subscribe to the show so you automatically get every episode. And if you like the show, you'll love my weekly letter. Check out my writing at drleewarren.substack.com, drleewarren.substack.com. Get the free newsletter every week for my best prescriptions for becoming healthier, feeling better and being happier through the power of faith and neuroscience smashing together via self-brain surgery, drleewarren.substack.com. And if you need prayer, go to the prayer wall at wleewarrenmd.com slash prayer. The theme music for the show is Make Us One by Tommy Walker, graciously provided for free by the great folks over at tommywalkerministries.org. Check it out and consider supporting them, tommywalkerministries.org. Remember, you can't change your life until you change your mind. And the good news is you can start today. I'm Dr. Lee Warren. I'll talk to you soon. God bless you, friend. Have a great day.